You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey guys, Karen here. We recorded this episode unknowingly with a busted mixer setup, like the episode before, so I apologize for the quality. We fixed the issue already, so our upcoming banked episodes sound normal, back to normal. Uh, Thank you for understanding and being patient, and on with the show! friends feasting for a bit of the fantastic this is good job bring your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast today's show is episode 167 and of course i'm your humble host karen and we are your group of goopy groupers and goofballs i'm colin i'm dana and i'm chris so last episode of Good Job Brain was our puzzle extravaganza, and uh, we... Puzzle Palooza. It's a puzzle extravaganza. Oh, okay. Um, at the end of the puzzle palooza is too much. Uh, we let you guys know we actually threw a puzzle in to our opening alliteration, and now we'll give you the answer. Yes. And, uh, so what Karen said at the beginning of the show was, hello, ocelots oozing on outer Ontario, and then described us as oddball orators outrunning omelets. And and so if you were to take the first letter of each of those words, you would get... Ooh. Ooh, that's the answer, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's meaningless. Uh, but we told you there was a puzzling word hidden somewhere in there. But if you were to take the second letter that comes right after the O, uh, you would get the word conundrum. Yes. Ocelots we... oozing on, etc., etc. C-O-N. Good job. Chris wrote that one. I was really happy with that because, A, it has obscure animals, which we usually put Ocelots. into our alliteration. Yes, and yes. then also the phrase oddball orators because we always describe oh, that's true. in such a way. Mm-hmm. Actually um, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you get to the omelet. You get some food in there. Outrunning yeah. omelets? I don't know. I could see us doing that. They're stationary. I'll outrun an omelet right now. Unless the eggs are runny. Get oh. out. Get out. I and liked it. That's our She shit. could stay. I'd say she could stay. <laughs> So I was in Old Navy. That's another old <laughs> I was in Old Navy and uh, we're uh, buying some clothes and uh, we were stuck in line. I saw in the line of the Old Navy. That's how they get you, and impulse it, buy. It absolutely is. It's totally an impulse buy. Gotcha. But I justified it by saying, we'll use it on an episode of Good Job, Brain." Um, the tax write off. Lego Star Wars Mad Libs. Wow, that, that is. Not- not Star, Star Wars, Wars Mad Libs. Lego. Star Wars. Lego Star Wars Mad Libs. With What's Lego, the difference? Leia. I have no idea, but we're going to find out. So I need a silly word. Toilet. <laughs> well, that's fast. Well, I've played Mad Libs before. I know how it works. You know, I don't think I've ever played... <laughs> I've never played Mad Libs. Like, oh, okay. Well, like, just, real Mad Libs. Just what? in case you're like Karen, I am going to ask for a whole bunch of different parts of speech, like adjectives and nouns. Um, you're going to give me the first thing that pops into your head, and then I'm filling this into a story, and then I'll read you the story with your words inserted inside. Okay. So should I go with in canon, or just whatever comes to mind? No, 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 no. In mind. fact, you, no, okay. just whatever pops to mind based on that part of speech. Okay. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, plural noun. Uh, boogers. Yeah. That was my word. Was Sorry. My Adjective. Spiky. Nice. Adjective. Brown. I see a trend in your words. Noun. <laughs> Pogo stick. Noun. Transcendentalism. <laughs> that was the first thing that popped yeah. in my head. Noun. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Noun. Frog legs. Oh, very specific. Noun. Cow udder. Or just udder. 
Oh, okay. Just talking. <laughs> yeah. Now. Um, goat. Now. Laser. Part of the body. Um, butt cheek. Okay. Um, you guys are all thinking. Part of too. the body, plural. <laughs> Toes. Uh, adjective. Slimy. Part of the body. Oh no. <laughs> Lunilla. What the what now? The Lunilla. The, the oh, and your on your fingernails. Just one. Right. All right. Well, great work, everybody. <clears throat> you have written an essay about carbon freezing. <laughs> if you ever try to double-cross an intergalactic gangster like Toilet the Hut, you might end up encased in boogers. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's believable. The process isn't very spiky. You will find yourself lowered into a brown chamber, where you are then frozen inside a large block of pogo stick. After that, you could end up hanging on someone's transcendentalism. Or even used as a piece of furniture, such as your mom. However, you don't need to worry about that, as you won't feel a frog legs. If you are eventually released from your suspended udder, you might experience goat sickness, provided you survive the laser. You could feel numbness or stiffness in your butt cheek, and your toes might take some time to get back to normal. But the most important thing to remember is, when you're frozen, try to smile so you won't be stuck with a slimy look on your lunula. (laughs) (laughs) Great job, everybody. Wow, we're adults. So what age is this usually for? They just specify and up, yeah. (laughs) And, And up. We're up. Good work, everybody. Teamwork. <laughs> well, with a bit of teamwork, I think it's time for a little bit of competition because it's time for our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz! Hot shot! Here I have a random Trivial Pursuit card uh, from the Entertainment Edition. Okay. So all entertainment. That's good. All right. You guys like to be entertained. You guys have your barnyard buzzers at the go. Here we go! Blue Wedge for TV. What was the name of the first fake novel, Knott's Landing, written by Val Ewing? What? Read it one more time. What was the name of the first fake novel, Knott's Landing, written by Val Ewing? I don't get the question. First fake novel in? Not, like, is it didn't say in. Is Knott's Landing in italics? Knott's Landing is in italics. Okay. 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 So, what was the name of the no, show? Maybe there must be... Like many shows, many novels. That I have no idea. We're not going to get this out yet. It is Capricorn Crude. Okay, it's like well, not <laughs> what is yeah, yeah. what is not? It's well, not a show. It's a show. Yeah, it was like one of the nighttime so shows. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. Pink Wedge for music. Let's do better. What band inspired the 2001 film Rockstar about a lead singer in a cover band who is asked to join the real thing? Oh. Oh. It. Chris. A band? What is the actual oh, real Journey? Thing? Incorrect. Uh, but that it, did kind of did happen, happen yeah, later. Right, later okay, on. Yeah. Uh, was it Queen? It's what Judas Priest. Uh, oh, yes. Did that really happen? Yeah. Uh, Yellow Wedge, what actor played Jim Carrey's sidekick in the 1994 comedy Dumb and Dumber? Colin? Uh, that's uh, Jeff Daniels. Correct! And The Martian. Yes, now in the Martian. Emmy award winning. Emmy award winning. Yeah. Daniels. Funny how, like, so I always get Jeff Daniels and Jeff Bridges kind of mixed up. Oh, yeah, you're not the yeah. only one. Yeah. But then Jeff Bridges is also, like, he's Academy Award winning. Yeah. Too many Jeffs. Yeah, too many <laughs> Jeffs. Um, all right, Purple Wedge, what style of wrestling, also known as scholastic or folk style wrestling, is native to the U.S.? 
Wow, this is actually a really good trivia question. It's hard, but it's a good trivia question. Dana. Thumb wrestling. Incorrect. I know Greco Roman and I know WWE style. Right, right, right. So it is. It is oh, 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 oh. Hell in the Cell. <laughs> Rage in the Cage. No. It is a college style wrestling. Oh, huh. okay. So I think it oh, must okay. be a variant of. Greco Roman, yeah, because I, I assumed yeah. college wrestling was Greco Roman. I did too. And yeah. Olympic, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, green for Bo book. <laughs> oh, okay. What mid nineteen twenties Gertrude Stein novel depicts the events that transpire within her family? Wow, um, I don't know. Uh, 19- if you can name any Gertrude Stein. She's from Oakland, I think. Name a Gertrude Stein novel. It has a really long title. What is it? The Making of Americans, colon, being a history of a family's progress. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. I thought it might be in the punch bowl. It wasn't. Okay, last question. Wild card. What legendary magician introduced his Chinese water torture cell in 1913? Everybody. Harry Houdini. Correct. That's not the thing, right? What's that's that? the the dripping thing. That's Chinese oh, water, water torture. torture. Okay, so this is a different. That's a different. Okay. This, I think that's he's like suspended upside down. Oh, oh, in a tank. Reads. Yeah, yeah right. So. Yes. Good job, brains. All right, this week I'm really excited. Yeah. Because <laughs> we can let our let our hair down and let loose. Because this week we're going to talk about uh, things that we indulge in that might not be. Uh, <laughs> that might be dumb. We're going to open up a little sick. bit. Yeah, we're going to open. open. We're going to learn about. Each other, mm-hmm. and maybe a, a little bit about ourselves. This week, we're all about guilty pleasures. Stop pretending. I came here to make a dance tonight. I don't care about my guilty pleasure for you. Shut up, cause we won't stop when we're getting out to the sun's coming up. I came here to make a dance tonight. I don't care about my guilty pleasure for you. Okay, so I'll kick us off. I... I don't have that much shame. Even I don't like, think any like, of us would be here if we had any concept of, like, normal human shame. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, oh, I really like facts and learning. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, what will I do for guilty pleasures? I feel like watching some Law & Order SVU while I considered it. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't tell anybody, really. <laughs> I am super into Law & Order SVU. Like, the most salacious yes! version of Law & Order. <laughs> yeah. Law & Order Special Victims Unit. That marathon, like, sometimes it comes on TV, and then you just need to watch all of the, the whole marathon. It's like, well, there goes the day. I thought I was going to do something else. There's there's two places for me. One is, because uh, I fly Virgin America a lot, uh-huh. one of the channels will always have, I think it was like TBS or something, or, or TNT or something, oh, yeah. will always have, not just Law & Order, but Law & Order SVU, which is the, you know, the sex yeah. crimes unit. The other thing is, like, I just settled into a hotel room, and I was like, ah, do I really want to go out? Like, I would turn on TV, and then you see, like, the tail end of SVU, and then it goes through credits, and then the first, then they just breeze through <laughs> the first five minutes of the next episode, and you're like, well, I'm in. Um, so I have a quiz for you guys about SVU. I won't go deep, you know, deep SVU on you. You don't have okay. to know 
any minutia Every episode. about episodes. Right, right, right. right. All right. Have you, okay. Have you, have you all watched it? I have never seen a whole a episode? episode. Oh, really? No. I definitely know the, the core Law and Order. Huge okay. Law and Order. Huge Law and Order fan, but I just, I just never With seen With Sam Watterson and uh, Jerry well, Orbach? In all the various iterations, yeah. Yeah, it just never transferred over to the spinoffs for me. I guess the reason why I would say it's a guilty pleasure is because I can never explain the plot of any episode to anyone without feeling weird about it. Yeah, oh, lurid, yeah. They're so lurid, but I, mean, <laughs> I find them so fascinating at the same time. So, so I'm, you know, I'm not the only one. Karen's not the only one who's really into Law & Order SVU. Recently, within the last few years, a pop star named her kitten Olivia Benson after the main <laughs> character of SVU. Uh, Which pop star named her kitten? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Karen. Okay, I, I don't know for sure, but I have logic. Okay. I think it's Taylor Swift because in Taylor Swift's Bad Blood video, mm-hmm. there is a Mariska Hart. How do I? Hargitay. Mariska? Mariska. Yeah. Mariska Hargitay cameo. Uh, she plays Olivia Benson mm-hmm. on Law and Order. So I'm going to say Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift as well. I was going to guess Taylor Swift because that's Kid. generally the answer to a lot of these tricks. <laughs> it's true. She's pretty prolific. Yeah. It, it is Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's actually a good name for a cat, Olivia Benson. That's yeah. 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 She feels very feline somehow. Yeah. Uh, so Law and Order SVU is currently the longest running scripted non-animated Whoa! Uh, they haven't quite caught up with um, Law and Order the originals uh, run which was 20 years how mm. long has SVU been on? Oh. SVU has been on for 18 years it's 17 years very close <laughs> okay. yes. oh. wow uh, one of the characters on SVU has a record for appearances by an actor playing the same character in different programs like has played this role mm-hmm. in lots of TV shows in other TV shows yeah. I was waiting for the oh sorry for the, for the inflection it's like and then it's a question uh, <laughs> oh okay sorry. who is it Chris, it's I'll it's, give it to you. it's, it's uh, squeaky wheel. I'll, what do you want? Do you want to go with the character or the name? I, the I was gonna guess the actor. Yeah. I, mean, I was gonna guess Dan Florek. I'm it not even sure. Not. Okay, Richard Belzer, oh. Oh. John Munch in right. Order Rescue, but also in an unrelated show called Homicide: Life on the Street. Yes, same character, right. same universe. He yeah. he was in he was on the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. As, As a, Detective John Munch. Yeah, yeah. and Homicide yeah. was set in Baltimore, like like The Wire. And yeah, yeah. And he, Moved. Oh, that's so weird. Yep, but same character. Uh, I forgot about that. That's right. So he was also in Law and Order. A lot of people were in Law and Order who were on SVU. But he was also on an episode of The X Files on Uh, the Uh, He was in Law and Order Trial by Jury. And he was in the season three finale of Arrested Development. As an episode of The Wire. Yeah, now they they float the character around as much as they can now. Yeah. So, both of Mariska Hargitay's parents were celebrities. Yeah, father was uh, Mickey Hargitay, yeah. right? Yeah, yes. bodybuilder. Uh, yes, a, a huge bodybuilder. Yes. He was like Mr. Universe? Mr. Yeah. Universe. Yeah. And was it uh, Jane Mansfield? Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Jane. Uh, I, she got the looks and the and the buffs and the muscles. Christopher Maloney. Mm-hmm. Yes. Elliot Stabler was on SVU for 12 years. And during the first few years of SVU. He was, he was also on an HBO show called mm. Oz. Mm-hmm. And since leaving SVU, he's played, we'll say small roles, but there are no small, whatever. There are no small roles, but he's been on two other HBO series. Do mm. you guys know which HBO series? I know one. Okay. I know he was on Veep. He played Selena's uh, like trainer. Yes. I know he was in. I know he was in Wet Hot American Summer. I don't know if he's in. Yeah. But that's Netflix. That's yeah. not HBO. Right. What other HBO show? What would he? What? This show is no longer on HBO. Wow. It ended. 
Very popular show that's not on HBO. Uh, uh, I'm True just, Blood. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. I, I, see, I, didn't, I never watched it. Mm. Okay, and then finally, Ice-T plays Detective Odafin Tutuola on uh, the show. And earlier this year, he and his wife, Coco, announced that they're going to have a baby. And then on their new show, Ice and Coco, they announced that they're expecting a girl. And they revealed what they were going to name it. Oh, and it's a yeah. very guessable name. Yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's a lot of, what was it? And I'll give you a hint that it relates more to the mother's name. It was just wordplay. Is it? it was, yeah. It oh, was, is it not like like beverages? Because he's iced tea and there's cocoa. Oh, yeah. Okay. So so people were putting that out like is it chocolate any macchiato? Yeah. No. Right. It's um. It relates more to the mother's name. Okay. Oh, cocoa nut. Is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it Chanel? Yes. Uh, Chanel. Uh, oh, cocoa oh, Chanel. Oh, oh, that's cute. Okay. Yes. I was. Do we know Ice T's full name? No, Terry. no one knows Tracy. it. Oh, Tracy. I thought it was Terry. Is that what it's Tracy called? Marrow. Tracy Marrow. So it'd be Chanel Marrow. Yeah. Not Chanel T. Yeah, Chanel T. Chanel T. <laughs> Chanel T. I purchased a book recently. This happens a lot. And um, I was we were at the, <laughs> the D23 Expo, the exposition yeah. for Disney fans down in Anaheim. And there's many, many books about Disney. There's many books by former Imagineers. There's many books by former Disney employees. I did not buy any of them, as fascinating as they would have been. But there was one book that I saw at D23 Expo. I'm like, I am purchasing this book. This is mm-hmm. going to be really interesting. It is called... Cleaning the Kingdom. Yay! Insider Tales of Keeping Walt's Dreams Spotless. And it is from the creators of the Sweep Spot podcast, because of course they also have a podcast, <laughs> and it's former members of Disneyland's custodial team. Yes, because we talked about how efficient. Yes. I've shared uh, like the, the, the how they do the gardening and how they have like scuba people in the tanks like yep. picking trash up. And so these are the behind the scenes stories from people who keep the Magic Kingdom the, the absolute cleanest place on earth. Um, and why is this guilty pleasure? Uh, well they, they say a lot like We've cordoned off all the really disgusting stories into, you know, chapter four. Uh, so you don't have to read those if you don't want to. Folks, I went immediately. <laughs> that is the thing I read first. I bought this book because I want to hear the grossest, most disgusting <laughs> things that ever happened at Disneyland. They sold Chapter 4 by itself. Yeah. I would have bought that as a standalone that's book. Yeah, like, that's that's it. I, I want to so hear buying the whole CD for that one song. Poop and pee and blood and everything at Disneyland. The worst <laughs> stories they have to tell. Man, we love poop. It grosses. It might gross you out, and it might gross me out, but I I had to have it. Okay. Um, and so I will now. I have done my research, and I will now tell you about the worst things that ever happened at Disneyland. They, they one of the things they that these guys say is there are some people who think that that it would be a good idea to um, spread their their uh, their deceased relatives ask yeah. their ashes be dumped in the uh, spread across the haunted, haunted mansion. mansion yeah and they're like folks unless you want your loved one's ashes vacuumed up and thrown in the garbage <laughs> do not spread their ashes so romantic so this is one of the stories, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing uh, from the book here. In the 1980s, uh, one of the special events they put on was called Circus Fantasy, um, turning Disneyland into sort of like, you know, circusy type stuff. With and they, and they would have the parade, and the parade would have real live circus animals. Now, they have horses in Disneyland. Yeah. Code H. 
<laughs> is code for the horse pooped and they would clean up the poop. And they had that pretty much down to a science. Um, they had, of course, elephants mm-hmm. in the, very the circusy. Disney circus parade. Very circusy. That's what everybody wants to see is the elephants. So they're like, okay. Well, they have they have what is called the honey bucket. Now uh-huh. the people, if you if you have live animals in Disneyland, watch out because or watch out for um, the custodial members who will be dressed up in costume, an elaborate costume, wheeling an elaborate looking bucket along, looking like they're kind of part of the show. But that is that is the poop bucket. Now, what they didn't realize is that elephants, when elephants poop, they poop a lot. So they use the bucket that they use for the horses, but if the elephant pooped once, it would fill half the bucket. And they say, after two times, you got nervous because there were four elephants. However, this was not the real problem. It was the pee. When an elephant lets loose, the book says, they put out gallons. <laughs> so they had a bucket for the elephant pee, and they would they would quickly mop up the elephant pee and move on with the route. And they're, they're peeing and pooping while they're on parade. Of course, because they don't care. <laughs> they, they think nothing of your human parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. So the elephant pees during the parade at one point. The guy mops it up, gets it all into the bucket, has to continue along with the bucket. He has a five-gallon bucket of elephant pee that he is carrying to get rid of. He slips on elephant pee. <laughs> People are lined up, seated on the ground. Oh, no! Quote, a massive wave of elephant pee rushed toward the Tomorrowland side of the crowd. The air filled with a chorus of screams <laughs> as people frantically stood up from the curb where they had been sitting, popcorn flying, <laughs> mothers yanking their kids back. Simultaneously, a roar of uncontrollable cheers and laughter came from the opposite side. <laughs> That's me. Um, so that happened. In the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland, by the time you get up to the place where you actually get into the, the vehicle, the, the vehicle yeah. and are about to take the ride, you might have been waiting for like 90 minutes. And sometimes you think you really need to go to the bathroom. And sometimes you think that you're really far from a, from a bathroom because you've been waiting in line for so long. In point of fact, there are restrooms oh. near the cars, but you don't know that it's yeah. there. If you ask, someone will, will take you back there. The book says, a woman who did not know this burst into the control room for the attraction and deposited her gift right there. Oh my gosh, you really had to go. It must have been challenging for the ride operator to stay at their post before it was cleaned up. Oh my god. But that's not the worst thing. Oh, so code H is for horse poop. Human code H is for human poop. Okay. Sometimes that gets confused. There was a story in the book about somebody pooped in the um, the Swiss Family Robinson or the Tarzan treehouse, like <laughs> up in the treehouse, and but they reported it as Code H. Someone's like, "What? Yeah, how did a horse get up there?" <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the worst, and then I, we will stop talking about this. <laughs> A woman wearing shorts had been on the highest of the three guest decks of the Mark Twain Riverboat when diarrhea caught up with her. Oh, no. She started walking, which meant she kept spreading it. So she knew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. She was trying to get out. As she she touched some white wire mesh protecting the propulsion system for the boat, leaving some of the fecal matter in the white wire mesh. So basically, there was just... It was like... Smeared. this was one of the most difficult cleanups because it was oh. all in the wire and everything on a boat. Even, even with these gross things, the park 
any, most theme parks have protocol. Remember, Chris, when we went to Harry Potter? Yes. And then they had to, we had to wait. We're like, why are we waiting for so long? So someone either barfed or I think peed. Peed. While during the ride. And, and we saw them disinfecting and cleaning the whole train. That's and it right. was actually really cool to see. They're really fast. They have like kind of hazmaty suits on and, <laughs> and, you know, they have all this protocol. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. They're prepared for this. Right. And meanwhile, there's announcements going over the oh, yeah, yeah. like, attention muggles. <laughs> Due to increased dragon activity in the skies <laughs> of Hogwarts, the dragon challenge has been temporarily grounded. And we're like, oh no. Oh, and no. we're looking, we're like, oh, oh they're cleaning yeah, someone uh, someone yeah. <laughs> I love a good There was another there was another story. there was another story in there about there was like a huge like spr- like blocks of vomit and there were ki- there, there were like teenage kids who were like running in the park and the custodian was like no running kids. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And he let them run through the puddle of vomit and they, they wipe out and they fall. Oh. And he's like, I told you no running. <laughs> what can I do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've been doing some some traveling on the weekends. I just, uh, I'm doing my, my 50 states, 50 marathons in 50 oh, yeah. states. I just finished up Virginia because I did the Marine Corps Marathon, which is a big deal, a big, mm-hmm. big race. And very patriotic because you run around D.C. and Virginia, all the monuments and very cool. Yeah. Uh, Weirdly enough, met a lot of Good Job Brain people while I was – listeners while I was running, including Colin's friends, Jay and Diana and their two kids, right? They were cheering on the side. (laughs) And then other people afterwards, like uh, uh, from Twitter, people were like, were you running the Marine Corps Marathon? Because I thought I saw you. And I was like, well, there are like like 30,000 people out there. And Mm -hmm. and, and so that is super cool. Yeah, I was Captain America. Well, technically, American Dream, uh, which is the female. Um, technically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a nerdy show. <laughs> Before running the race, I was like, oh, you know, it's all like American. And, you know, I, I got to set the mood. And I usually listen to music on my races. And I decided to put on Hamilton, latest uh, hit Broadway show. Smash hit. Smash hit. Uh, written by my hero, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who also wrote In the Heights, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, Broadway shows. And also um, retweeted me once. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, your baby joke? My baby joke. Yeah, your baby joke. Yes, he, blew, he blew that thing right up. I made a joke about the baby, and uh, <laughs> next thing you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda's retweeting it. <laughs> Hamilton, uh, it's a mix of musical and rap. And when I say rap, the rap is super dense, super well-written, so clever. And I think, Colin, you're the one who told me New York Times did like a like an analytical take yeah, on... Yeah, I forget de- if it was New York Times or 538, but they did an analysis of it has the most words packed into the, the time. The, de- the yeah. density of words to music. Yeah. yeah. Hamilton is about the life and times of Alexander Hamilton, uh, one of the, the America's founding fathers. And that's kind of my new thing with running is now I listen to show tunes. Oh, yeah. And it's actually pretty. I mean, used to, I used yeah. to listen to a lot of angry music, a lot of yeah. Papa Roach, yep. you know, to like get me going and get, feel angry about things. Um, but now, you know, as I'm older, like I like show tunes because it's like a story and yeah. I can kind of mouth to listen, it. Do you listen to like an entire show? Entire show. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I thought it was fitting because it was Hamilton. It was about founding fathers and I'm in D.C., even though technically New York City was the first capital. But, uh, you know, it's... it's very it, patriotic. Yeah, very yeah, patriotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are two types of people. There are people who are into Broadway and show tunes and there are people who really are not. And I am in the show tunes camp. I know Chris is also in the show tunes camp. Mm-hmm. My guilty pleasure is show tunes. So I have a quiz. All 
about right. show tunes. But since Chris is a show tunes person, oh. I'm going to structure this quiz a little bit differently. It's oh. Dana and Colin versus Chris. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you guys can work together. Okay. So Chris is going to write down and commit his answer, and then Dana and Colin, right. you guys yeah. can, can talk about it. Yep, yep. Um, so... Hamilton, about Alexander Hamilton, yeah. name another titular named Broadway musical that also chronicles the life and death of a politician. Politician. Okay. Uh, politician. I'm locked in. Well, I mean, would you, I mean, would you count Ava Perón as a politician? With yeah, Evita? She, I would think. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll say Evita. Chris? I also said Evita. Correct. Evita is correct. She was actually elected to office at some point. So, Evita was made into a film in 1996 starring Madonna, um, and she campaigned for that role very, very hard yeah, to the director. For a long time. Um, Madonna did do something extra to campaign for her role, other than writing and, and talking about it. She did do something. What did she do beforehand as kind of her, quote, uh, audition? She did, she did do something that was a little out of the ordinary. Uh, it might. Be, it's related to one of her songs too. You know, I don't know. I was going to say, like, translate a song into Spanish. I mean, maybe she has some songs like "Let Let You Slow Yeah, yeah. Has some I could go with that. There was that video, "Take a Bow." It's like about a Spanish. That's right, fighter. the bullfighter. Yeah. Right. I, I was. I mean, my first thought was like that she like just dyed her hair or something. But if it was a song, I like that. Yeah, translate a song into Spanish, maybe. Okay. For the music video of Take a Bow, if you remember, it is a, she is the lover of a, like a bullfighter yeah. Yeah. and set in Spain. And that video, the visuals and her styling oh, and all yeah. of the wardrobe choices, Madonna requested that Houseman, the director, give the video a Spanish theme. Because she was lobbying for oh, wow. being Evita. Uh, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, and she sent now. the video uh, to Alan Parker, the director of the film, to kind of be like, oh, you know, here. And, hmm. and you can see, if you watch the video, it was a great song, yep. a great video. Yeah. You can see she has kind of that that, that wardrobe and the mm. look and the very blonde right, hair. Right, She's like, look, I can pull it off. Yeah. Currently, what is the longest running Broadway show? It is still running. Mm. Longest running... Okay, hold on. Let him write his down. Yeah. Well, you guys are really competitive. Well, the way you structured it, yeah. I can give you more clues. Well, okay. Seven Tony Awards, including Best Musical. Mm -hmm. And this is all about musicals, so. Okay. That was a bad clue. Okay, I've written one down. All right, well, Lion King has been running since the late 90s. So if it's not Lion King... It's going to have to be something that's even older. Uh, is Late Miz still running? Or Cats? Or Cats finally Cats stopped, bad. right? It finally... I would say either Lion King or, or, or whatever the biggest Android Weber is. What do you want to do? I'll say Lion King, sure. Sure. Chris? Well, I had said Phantom because I... I didn't know if it had started and stopped. Because um, it was Cats. It definitely was Cats for a while, but yeah. Cats yeah. stopped. Yeah. I know it's been eclipsed since then. If Phantom has never left Broadway, I'm pretty sure it's Phantom. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's left or not, though, but I did write down Phantom. It is Phantom of the Opera! Okay. Yeah. Started sense. running in 1988. Yes. Broadway's longest-running show and musical. And I don't, see it, I don't see it going away anytime soon. Really? Well, I mean, it's still super popular. It's, like, yeah. self-sustaining at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was kind of, I mean, as a kid, it was kind of scary. I, it is yeah. scary. Yeah, it is super scary. Due to crazy face <laughs> about murders. We just saw, we saw a new staging of it here in San Francisco. 
that has like some new like set design and things like that. It's really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean yeah. back then it was all about crazy sets. It was. Yeah. That was the Miss whole thing Saigon had a helicopter. Yeah. And then, like, this yeah. had, like, a chandelier. Yeah. You know, it was all about big sets right, moving. Right, So, longest running is Phantom. What is the highest grossing Broadway musical of all time? It, it could have ended at some point. Yes. Okay. All but right. made the most amount of money mm. by far. Wow. Oh. So, it's not Phantom of the Opera. It is not Phantom okay. of the Opera. Okay. Right. Despite that, that's the longest running. What is the highest grossing? Hmm. It did dethrone. The title holder was Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like it's uh, Lion King. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's ride with Lion King. Yeah, what, like, what'd you put? Well, I put, I put Cats. Because uh, then it came back to Broadway. It is Lion King. Yeah. Yeah. Those also tickets are expensive. Reaped in a whopping $1 billion. Yeah. And will probably... It's still, I mean, it's still on yeah. Broadway. It's on its 17th it's year still, you know straight. And, and The Lion King was where they absolutely nailed, like, they brought kids yeah. back to Broadway. So we got highest, pro- most profitable, longest running. What is the most expensive Broadway show? Like, highest budget. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And this has been in trivia before. Mm-hmm. I like this team thing. Yeah. Was this a, was this show a hit? I can't, you can't uh, ask questions. Sure I can. Yeah. It benefits them, too. Okay, I'm, I'm locked in. I think it may have been that that Spider-Man, Spider-Man one. Yeah, oh, man. Spider-Man was Turn Off the Dark. I don't yeah. even know what that means. That was what I was angling for with this, this show a hit, but I didn't write that down. What'd you write down? Uh, I wrote down Miss Saigon, because you're right, I mean, it had a helicopter. It's a good guest, yeah. yeah. And it had a car, too. Right, right, right. Yeah, it yeah. was crazy. Uh, it but, was Spider-Man oh, Turn Off the it? Dark. Oh, man. $75 million. Uh, now $79 million with inflation. It's one of those things where the budget just kept growing and growing. And one and of, didn't like uh, Bono do the soundtrack? Yes, right? so or? Bono wrote the music. Julie Tamer, who did, uh, who directed and did all the puppet stuff for Lion King, she, you know, she did it. Was, and it looked great, but it was just all of the expenses just compounding. $75 million. All investors lost money. Like, so some, some of the Broadway shows sometimes they, like, if they kind of lost money on Broadway, maybe they'll have a touring company and they can make back some of the losses. But like, this is a, not an easy touring show is it still, to do. Uh, is it still playing? Mm-mm. Oh no. Mm-mm. Yeah. And with these shows, you just kind of don't know. Like, you know, if I tell you, hey, a uh, story about Alexander Hamilton is like the number sure. one. You, you're like, right. what? Yeah. Really? Oh no, it has rap in it. You're like, what? <laughs> Wait, come back. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, the South Park guys are going to make a musical about, about Mormonism. Yeah. Mormonism. It's like, yeah, sounds great. Okay, crazy person. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to close my segment with um, a couple uh, with a name that tune. Oh. Uh, uh. I try to choose them. They're not that easy, but they're also very famous. You know, even people who don't know music, musical theater will can either figure them out or have heard these songs before. Okay. Some of these might be classic, but they're some of my favorites. And so I want to share. So song number one, this is still Chris versus right, so, Colin Dana. So to be clear, we're naming, what musical is this from? Yes. Okay. okay. Right. Here we go. First song. When the last little star is in the sky Shall we still be together with our arms around each other? And shall you be my new romance? On the clear understanding that this kind of thing can happen. Shall we dance? Shall we dance? Shall we dance? dance? 
I, Chris, locked in? I, I'm locked in, yes. What'd you say? I think it's the king and I. That's what, what we yeah, said. King yeah. and I. It is the king oh. and I. I saw that on Broadway with... Get ready. Lou Diamond Phillips. Wow. Well, as the king of Siam. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. For some reason, with the way you said that, I was like, he went with you. No. (laughs) He was was in the show, and I was in the audience. So you saw He was was in it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in the same room, technically. This version, the song I just played, is from the movie starring Deborah Kerr and Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner played the king. So he died, sadly, died from cancer. But until then, from the movie, he was doing the king in theater. Oh, yeah. Like, until he died. he was, So he was, like, the king of Siam. This scene, they just don't make these musicals the same anymore. Oh, That's uh, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein? Yes, it is, yes. Uh, a couple more. Here we go. Right now you are down and out And feeling really crappy I'll see. And when I see how sad you are It sort of makes me Happy Happy Sorry, Nikki nature, nothing I can do, it's schadenfreude, making me feel glad that I'm not you. That's not very nice, Gary. I didn't say it was nice, but everybody does it. Did you ever clap when a waitress falls and drops a tray of glasses? Uh, I think we all know what I this one is. I think we can all yeah, say uh, Avenue Q. Avenue Q, yes. A, a, and you can hear that it's kind of Ernie very Sesame much. Street. Very, yeah, very, Muppet voice sound. So. All right, here we go. A classic. I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night. And still have begged for more. I could have spread my and done a thousand things I've never done before. I'm locked in. Okay. So that's I Could Have Danced All Night. Yeah. Which... Famous. Very famous. Famous. Was that from um, uh, uh, My Fair Lady? Like, was that after um, she went to her first society, you know? Okay. I, I don't think it's sound of music. My Fair Lady? Uh, yeah. All right, Chris? I, too, am locked in at My Fair Lady. Correct, My Fair Lady. Yeah. And this is not from the movie, so here's a bit of controversy, some show oh, tunes controversy. Right. Yeah. So this version I just played, you might think that the voice sounds really familiar. That's Julie Andrews, you know, uh, Mary yeah. Poppins, uh-huh. uh, sound of music. So she was the original... Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady mm-hmm. on stage. And she was ready to rock and roll for the movie. So yeah. they're make, planning the movie, and they're like, ah, Julie Andrews in a little plane, we might need a little bit more star power. So instead of hiring her, who perfected the Eliza Doolittle role, they hired Audrey Hepburn, mm-hmm. who cannot sing, and all of the singing yep. parts in the movie is sung by someone else. And so... Marnie Nixon. Oh, really? Marnie Nixon also did uh, Deborah Kerr in, in uh, King and I, I, I as well. She was the voice. She yeah. was the voice. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that really sucks for Julie Andrews. And then the same year, she's like, well, you know, I'm, I, I have some free time because I'm <laughs> yeah. not doing yeah. the My Fair yeah. Lady. I'll yeah. pick up this other movie that someone offered me a role called Mary Poppins. Nah. And what happened was that year at the Oscar Awards, both actresses were up for best female, uh, lead female Whoa. performance. And Julie Andrews won nice. for Mary Poppins. Zing. Yeah. 
Maybe because Audrey Hepburn didn't sing any of her parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My Fair Lady did win uh, Best Picture that year. Oh, really? It did. Yeah. And the very next year, Sound of Music won Best Picture. Oh, so it's just it's just them, them two. All right, last one. Probably one of my favorite songs from show tunes ever. All right. From my favorite show. All right. Wow. Here we go. Every time I look at you, I don't understand why you let the things you did get so out of hand. You'd have managed better if you'd had it planned. Why'd you choose such a backward time and such a strange land? If you'd come today, you would have bridged the whole nation. Israel and for BC had no mass communication. Yes, yes. Well, I think you all know, in fact... Jesus Christ, Christ. Superstar. Yes. I this on TV like yeah. years ago. It's so like, 70. As a kid, I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> the movie was yeah. a super cool take. Yeah. It, was seven, it was like, it was a bunch of like traveling actors that decided to stage this in Israel. Funny story, when I was a kid, I uh, grew up in Taiwan, so we didn't have American channels, but we had NHK, which was the yeah. Japanese channel, and they're airing Jesus Christ Superstar. I was a kid, and no concept of 70s, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I just saw people singing and dancing. I was like, this is cool. So I watched this. I watched the whole thing. Didn't understand a word, but like the songs were really catchy. So I'm, my mom came home from work. <laughs> I'm singing all these songs, but I don't know what I'm yeah. singing, because my English was bad. Right, right. So there's a song called What's the Buzz? Uh-huh. And I thought it was, what's the fuzz? Like, fuzz on a teddy bear. <laughs> so I kept, I kept, I was like trying to tell my mom, I was like, I watched this thing. It's like, what's the fuzz? I kept doing the dance. And then it wasn't until later she's like, oh, you watched Jesus Christ. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, my guilty pleasure is show tunes. I ran long. I'm sorry. Let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Good Job Brain, and this week we're talking about our guilty pleasures, facts and origins and trivia tidbits about uh, some of the things we don't, we usually don't admit that we like, but we are now. So, Dana, you've got Law & Order SVU, and I have my secret girlfriend, Judge Judy. <laughs> I mean, I see, I see how you guys relate, I see. Absolutely. As long as I've known Chris, which is a long time now, mm-hmm. he would DVR Judge Judy. Like, we have... Many Judge Judy's on our DVR. When we're just feeling mad at the world and we want to hear somebody yell at somebody else who probably deserves it, uh, it makes you Judge feel good Judy's inside. A great place to go, really does. You learn about the law. So I, I have assembled some some trivia and facts about Judge Judy, All right. and why it is a guilty pleasure for me. Judge Judy, I mean, famous worldwide, but if you have not seen it, 
Uh, it is a it is a courtroom reality show. Litigants come into her courtroom and uh, describe their their problem, and Judge Judy decides uh, who is right, who is wrong. It's always a civil suit in which somebody uh, believes they are owed some sum of money from someone else, and she decides who gets what money. And, and she does, in fact, have legal training, and she was a... Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And Judith Scheinlin is her name, and she was a family court judge in New York City for about for about 20 years. She first became known to the public um, in 1993. Oh. Because she was well known at that point um, among people who were in the family court system, the attorneys uh, you know, who worked in the family courts in New York City as being this acerbic, uh, very no-nonsense, very yelly courtroom presence. I mean, very much like she is on the show. So family court is, is a little bit different, you know, when they're dealing with juveniles and or like families or issues of custody. It's not, it's not plaintiffs and defendants. It's, it's complainants and respondents. And it's the idea is that like everybody is trying to work together, try to figure out what the best solution for the problem is. And this gives the judge a lot of leeway. It's not a jury trial. You know, Judge Judy became known as this, as, as the judge who would always, you know, speak her mind, uh, and, you know, you either loved her or you hated her. Um, but her, her mentality at that time was, look, like, if you're a 16-year-old kid who's committed a string of robberies, it's like, yeah, your lawyer could get you off on a technicality. But, like, is that good for you to learn that there is no punishment whatsoever? You know, so a lot of it was saying to kids, like, you know, you better straighten up and trying to scare the kids because she knows legally that she has to let him go. Um, mm. So there was an LA Times article, a big feature all about her, like kind of talking about the problems of the family court system, you know, through her lens. Um, and then also there was a very famous uh, 60 Minutes uh, show, which you can find on, I think it's CBS's website, interview with Morley Safer, you mm. know, who was hosting 60 Minutes. And it's a, with cameras in her courtroom. She's, uh, I think, 49 years old at that point. But acting in family court very much the same way she does on the TV show. So she was headed towards retirement at that point, but off the the strength of 60 Minutes. Oh, she thing, became famous. She became famous. And she even wrote a book because the, the, the LA Times writer who wrote the story then worked with her on a book entitled mm. Don't Pee on My Leg and, and Tell, tell me, me It's, it's raining. raining. Yes. Wow. And it was Is that something her, she says? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of her. That's one of her. Her catchphrases. Yeah, right. Like, as in, yeah. I, I can tell you're lying to me. Don't, <laughs> don't make it so obvious. Yeah. That television producer approached her like, "Would you like to do a, a, a you know, court type show?" At this point, the People's Court was popular. You know, Judge Wapner. Sure. Right. Sure. There were a lot of courtroom drama type shows, but a lot of them were scripted. Right. Oh, okay. And it's like, oh, this is a dramatization like based off an actual court case. Exactly. But the idea behind this would that this is real. And what, what does real mean? Like, yeah. Is this show? Because this is the interesting thing about shows like Judge Judy. They go out and they find litigants who have filed cases in small claims courts okay. around the country. And they say to them, okay, drop your case uh, and sign an agreement with us that says that we will arbitrate your case. Because there, in every state, there's there's a, a process for arbitration, mm -hmm. which is it's faster than a, than a court trial. And what you basically say is everybody agrees that an arbitrator 
who doesn't have to be a lawyer, doesn't have to be a judge. Oh. You know, generally, states will have different standards for, like, who can hire oh, so themselves I can't out do as it. an arbitrator. You okay. could. Oh, okay. You could. Some states, it's like you have to have a bachelor's degree. Okay. Some states, it's not that at all. In some states, it's like, oh, you have to be an expert in the field that this is, a, a pro, you know, mm-hmm. an issue with. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it's about the manufacturing industry, they want to know that you have some expertise in that okay. industry so you can make an informed judgment. The thing that makes the Judge Judy show legally binding is that everybody agrees that Judge Judy is going right. to make this decision. Everybody signs a contract that says her decision is legally binding and that kind of closes out the, the court case. Judge Judy, even though she was at one point a judge, uh, is not acting in the capacity of a judge. Right. They can call the shows Judge Judy or Judge This or Judge That. They put her in a row. You are, but you are not right. watching. You are not watching uh, a documentary about a small claims court. <laughs> you are watching an entertainment television program <laughs> that has been Judy. edited for yeah. your entertainment. Karen, did you have a question? Yeah, I do. So I've watched a couple of episodes. Sometimes one party is really dumb, and sometimes both parties are really dumb. Or, they, or you know, <laughs> you know like you're, you're casted as the villain or the dummy. or mm-hmm. like Because, like, it's small claims. It, Honestly, I would Why not, would, why I, would, would I want to go on TV I, you know what? to I show would... the world that I can't pay my friends? And also... also get paid. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the that's okay. character here. Yes. So what they say to them is, you know, you might win in court but never get paid. But on our show, we have a pot of $5,000, and if nobody wins in court, you each get half of it. If Judge, oh. Judy, but Judge Judy could award all of that money to one plaintiff or the other. And the reason why plaintiffs go on is, oh, they're, you're going to get your money. Like, they, you, you can yeah. get it that day, right? Um, versus, and why defendants go on is because even if they lose, they don't have to pay the money. Yeah. Oh, it's not, it's not from their pockets. Got it. Kind of why it's a guilty pleasure for me is because, you know, it's still an edited TV show and they're still looking to have heroes and villains. Yeah. So they'll still, but the thing is a lot of people who watch it, they don't understand that you can get a bad edit or a good edit. You know what I mean? When you go on a reality show. So... And that has made Judge Judy, I mean, she's absolutely one of the highest paid television stars, period. Wow. She was making close to a million dollars an episode when you worked it. Wow. Yeah. She does bring in legal, quasi-legal terminology and concepts. You know, you do actually learn Learn. some things, such as what she always talks about, the doctrine of clean hands, which is certainly a real legal doctrine, which is to say... That if you, the plaintiff, have also acted fraudulently, if you come to court and say, well, this guy defrauded me, and it's like, yes, but you also defrauded him, we don't care, get out. Like, you you have to come in having acted in good faith the whole time for a court to want to award you the money for which you are owed. If you both tried to cheat each other and you came in and, well, he got the better end of it, then the court is like, we don't care. Roughly speaking, a real thing. That does come up a lot. She's like, you did not act good either. Also, just the hearsay. She's very strict about hearsay, Mm. which is, that's when you come into court and you're on the witness stand and they said, okay, tell us what happened that day. And you say, well, Bob said to me that he saw somebody, and it's like, no, 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 that's not admissible, what somebody else said to you. Because the game of telephone, we have no way of verifying that. And we can't cross-examine a person who's not here. You have to bring in Bob. Yeah, if Bob yeah, is going to say yeah. Bob has to tell us what he, he can tell us what you saw that day. 
you know, but you can't tell us what someone else said. said. It's, it's inadmissible. And she will strike that down very, very quickly. We, we've all signed contracts. She will always take the contract and hold up the contract and say, here are the four corners of the contract. (laughs) This represents the entirety of your agreement. If you sign the contract and you say, oh, well, they really said that I had an extra 30 days on top of this. It's like, it's not written in the, you know, that's something you can really learn. Like that's, I think that's the one thing that everybody learns coming away. If you watch enough Judge Judy. I didn't realize until very recently that it was popular, let alone a hit outside of America. What? I I mean, when we had uh, some listeners came and joined us from the UK once, and they were telling us, like, oh, one of our favorite American shows, Judge Judy. Wow! And I was like, what? I couldn't... I mean, it just really threw me that it would play. So, yeah, international star, Judge Judy. (laughs) I would not have guessed. Yeah. There's a whole channel now. What? There's a whole, like, Justice whatever, I think, channel. But some of those shows are actually... They are scripted. So watch out. Yeah, there was bad ones. There was there was just there was it was uh, Justice with Judge Maybelline. They I knew it was fake because they did one about um, a woman was suing because uh, she ordered calamari, but it turns out the restaurant made calamari out of of pig sphincters, which is an urban legend. Ripped from the I have eaten a pig's butthole, and it was not. It's super good. Tastes like calamari. No, no, you don't eat the butthole. You eat the intestines. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good, so chewy. Yeah, it's a Taiwanese staple. Oh. You put it in the noodles. Yeah. Well, chitlins. Chitlins. Yeah. We were in Paris, and uh, we went to a place that served pigs, pigs feet. You know, oh yeah, pigs Uh feet. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to get pigs feet. And then there was something on the menu called an andouillette, and I'm like, oh, like an andouille sausage. Bring me this sausage. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be great. It was just uh, it was just pig's butt parts, and it tasted like a dirty diaper. I was not happy. No good. Not a guilty pleasure. No. I felt neither guilt nor pleasure. <laughs> and well, I think when you put it that way, I just know it as pig intestines, but when you oh. say pig buttholes, that's different. That's like I'm, one part. Yeah. We eat chicken butts. Guess what? They, stu- they stuff it. They <laughs> yeah. stuff the whole part with, um, like, like seasoned uh, sticky rice, and they deep fry it. Oh. Mmm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Wait a minute. I, what are they called? Or do they just... They don't call them chicken butts. What is... Well, no. They call it, like, like like lucky pouch or something because it's stuffed well, with rice and I, stuff in it. How do you say guess what chicken butt in? It doesn't work. It doesn't how do you say guess what? <laughs> guess what, lucky pouch? <laughs> Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Well, we've all gone and shared our our guilty pleasures, uh, except for one person, Colin. For last segment, you're up. You know, you guys all went really specific onto your like real, just drill down to your guilty pleasure. Yeah. And I, I didn't go quite so specific. Okay, hold on. If it's ballpark. if it's not specific, okay, okay, then you have to admit what your guilty pleasure is. I like um, I like really bad disaster movies. Like oh. I, will, I will watch any any disaster movie, even though even though nature I know, going or into it, I know it, oh you know like Day After Tomorrow mm-hmm. or Twenty Twelve or like just any of those. 
Sharknado. I, I know they're going to be bad. You know, I don't include the Sharknado in there. It's too ironic. Um, and then I, I do have another guilty pleasure, which is dumb TV. I, mm-hmm. I, I grew like up. Like how dumb? Well, we're going to talk about some, oh, okay. of them. Okay. some of them. Some of the uh, dumb things will feature into this quiz that I have prepared for you guys. Uh, I originally called it a trash TV quiz, but I realized that's a little too harsh. It was. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's really more dumb TV. So I'm going to ask you questions about uh, TV shows, and these are going to be TV shows that people, you may not want to admit to somebody that, yes, I like to watch this show. This TV personality was born in London, England was a political campaign advisor to Robert Kennedy and served as mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio from 1977 to 1978. Karen. Robin Leach? It is not Robin uh, Leach. That's a good guess, though. Kind of. He's British. Jerry Springer. It is yeah. Jerry Springer. Born in London? Born in London, yes, to a family of Holocaust survivors. They immigrated to the U.S., where he grew up in New York. And had a, by all accounts, a very serious life <laughs> as a politician uh, before he went on to host, of course, the Jerry Springer Show, yeah. which is, you know, it's not high. A brown. black mark on our nation's history. Let's just yeah. say, you know, the the show that was even worse is the show afterwards, where his bodyguard has its yes. own talk uh, show. Yes. This TV series takes place at twelve oh nine Ocean Terrace in the town of Seaside Heights. <laughs> Karen, without a hesitation. Jersey Shore. That ah. is Jersey Shore. Yes. Uh, you can rent out the Jersey Shore house if you uh, feel so inclined. Uh, apparently it gets trashed on a regular basis. <laughs> people go there to reenact what they've seen. <laughs> That's awesome. If they had a fan club and they like LARP out like the actual episodes, I'd do it. I had no idea how many remakes and exports there were of this. Wait, so of course, what do you mean? Well, so of course Jersey Shore was a hit for MTV America. Yeah. But they're like, well, we can export this to any country that has young, drunk idiots. <laughs> so Whoa. there's Jordy. There's Jordy Shore. Yeah, for there you go. That's a remake. Jordy Shore yeah. in in MTV UK. Been running for over a decade now. There's Gandia Shore in MTV Spain. Hmm. There's Warsaw Shore in MTV Poland. There's a Russian version. The checklist yeah. is house, water, alcohol. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, truly among our greatest gifts Shame to the world. Not- Anywhere on that list. <laughs> this TV host was known for her signature eyewear, which she admitted years later she originally got as a promotional item in exchange for a visit to the doctor. Whoa! <laughs> Dana. Sally Jesse Raphael. Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh. This story is great. That is I, a great story. I, she was, she, uh, this was an interview she gave with Oprah a few years ago. She told Oprah that uh, early in her career uh, working in TV, uh, she needed a pair of glasses, and she was so poor, she saw this, I swear this is true, she said she saw there was a deal if she went to get a pap smear at the local gynecologist, <laughs> you would get a free pair of glasses. So she went in with prescription or non prescription for her cashmere, and then she said they tried to upsell her for the more expensive glasses. Of course. And she's yeah. thinking, like, nobody's gonna want these, like, giant, gaudy red glasses. Yeah. She's like, no, I can't afford it. So she took the big red glasses and stuck with them, and that became her signature. Wow. That's just a banana story. What was she doing before her talk show? She started off, like, in local news. Okay, like, 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 like so many people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Apparently, she had trouble reading the teleprompter, and she realized she needed to get some class Well, good thing that Patsmere place was <laughs> nearby. If I hadn't heard it from her herself, I wouldn't have believed it. 
This nighttime soap opera featured such exciting workplaces as D&D Advertising, Wilshire Memorial Hospital, and Shooter's Bar. Karen. Melrose Place? It is Melrose Place. I was like, I can't think of a nighttime soap opera. All right, we're going to close it out here. We're going to close it out here, guys. Um, We need to talk about the Kardashians. To make this interesting, for the first time ever on Good Job Brain, there will be actual cash prizes available. (laughs) For the princely sum of one dollar American. Oh, man. I need you guys to name all five, and then for another dollar, list them in order from oldest to youngest. Karen. I don't want your dollar. <laughs> I can do it in each. Yeah. Okay, well. Okay, so, so uh, youngest to oldest. So Kylie, Kendall, Chloe, Kim, Courtney. Dana, what do you think? Wait, can I get it in this too? Yeah. Oh, I thought you didn't want my dollar, Chris. I'm pretty sure Chloe is younger than Kim and Courtney. You got it. This is not that hard. Like, I mean, Kim. By the way, we're always impressed that you know sports questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, you answer it, and we're like, oh, yeah, I know the answer. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. It's like, that's why we're so high-functioning. Yes. Because <laughs> we have our strengths yep. in our areas. Don't overlap that much. Do you guys ever have some... Guilty pleasure like TV movies where if it's running if it's playing on TV you'll just watch it. For me, there's two movies. Oh, okay. okay. They both have the name Holiday in the title. One is Last Holiday, starring Queen Latifah and LL Cool J. I know, I love it. If it's on TV, I will watch the whole thing. It's it's where um, she gets an illness and she's like, I'm gonna live my life yeah. fully. And right. She goes exactly. to, she goes to, che- yeah, she goes to Czech Republic and Timothy Hutton is in it. Oh, and I remember. LL Cool J. And, and the other movie is The Holiday. Not Last Holiday, <laughs> but The Holiday starring Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz and Jack Black. I will watch the TV show Bait Car. I don't know if you're going to talk about yeah, this, yeah. but this is wonderful. What they do is they, the police will um, leave a car with the keys in the ignition in an area that is known for a lot of car thefts and then wait for a car thief to come by and steal the car. Right. But the car is outfitted with A, lots and lots of cameras, and B, they can remote shut the car down. Whoa! So they let the person drive away in the car. For a little bit. Drive away for a little bit, get them surrounded, and then shut the whole car down. Everybody's got a story. Oh, no, I thought it was just I was going to move it because the car was there, and I felt like I should really, you know, get it out of here. Everybody has because, a story. Um, yeah, and then everybody has a story, and then 99% of the time, they run the person's ID, and there's, like, multiple auto thefts. Right. Well, we've opened up, and now is the end of our show. Thank you guys for joining me. <laughs> and thank you guys uh, for listening. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about our inner secrets, our inner, <laughs> our inner shame. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.